two sides to every story. And with the story circulating now about Daniel's dill dip, Lucky Speed Sauce, and Grit City, there's a heightened public response and another division going on right now. And I just spent a few moments when the controversy first started um, listening to both sides of the story and I've read, you know, Sean's side and also Daniel and Amy's side and, you know, I can't help but feel for both of them and I feel like with every conflict there's two people or two parties that have done something to aggravate the situation in a conflict two people have to be responsible and what it seems like to me is that I think both parties were acting in their own best interests of course and the resolve of that was very unclear it's so complicated when there's so much money and so much at stake people's livelihoods are at stake And I couldn't help but think of my own business when it also unraveled in a similar way. I mean, it was a partnership after all, so. And money is always a a difficult thing to, to figure out. No one wants to lose it, obviously. But even in that, I've been looking for an opportunity to sit with you and share a a voice on success and self-actualization and sort of the concept of responsibility and character. And it's from this guy, Earl Nightingale, who ran a radio show in the 50s. And he wrote something called The Strangest Secret, How to Live the Life You Desire. And I guess initially it doesn't really seem like it really pertains to anything I've just introduced this show as, but I think overall it does have some themes and concepts that are perhaps related. So I'm just going to read you the book. It's quite short. I don't know if I'll get through it all, but I'll start it anyways. And I could just as easily uh, share the video of Earl Nightingale speaking on this stuff, and I definitely encourage you, if you're interested, to go check him out. But I also wanted to do it for my own benefit so that I could uh, work on speaking to you. (laughs) So I'll read you the introduction to this book, The Strangest Secret. In 1956, the landscape of career and personal opportunity seemed as gray as the colorless shows on TV. The trajectory of life was always the same. Grow up, get married 
If you're a man, go to work in your father's industry. And if you're a woman, take care of the home and the children. To follow any other path would have been not only unheard of, but frowned upon. When Earl unveiled the strangest secret to the world, it was met with mixed emotions, a melting pot of fearful negativity and hopeful inspiration. To some, the notion that a person should fearlessly pursue their dreams seemed frivolous, reckless, and even insulting. But to others, it was a wellspring of life that would cure the generational drought of conformity. In a time when the standard American dream seemed the only dream worth pursuing, the strangest secret unlocked an ocean of undiscovered ideas. People began asking the questions, what if there's more? What if my dreams actually mean something? What if I can really break the mold? Earl's words would challenge a generation to stop aiming for complacency and start trading their delusions for dreams. What began as an encouragement to individuals became a movement for the masses, and the term self-starter was born. Today, personal development is one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. Inspirational mantras are blasted through social media millions of times each day, and motivational books line the shelves of even airport gift shops. In the 60-plus years since The Strangest Secret was revealed, society's expectations of life trajectory have undergone nothing short of a full metamorphosis. In the 1950s, entrepreneurs were far and few between. Today, over 15 million Americans are self-employed full-time. Women who once felt constricted by their home responsibilities now comprise of over 40% of the American workforce. Now, more than ever, individuals are choosing to embrace their freedom to dream, continuing to tear down the confines of conformity. As Earl so famously said when issuing the 30-day challenge, all you need is a plan, a roadmap, and the courage to press on to your destination. Our hope at Nightingale Legacy is that in reintroducing The Stranger's Secret, Earl's wisdom will spark a fresh vision and passion in the current generation. We truly believe that when Earl unveiled the strangest secret, he had forged the pathway from average to exceptional, and in doing so, provided listeners with the lifeline to their own legacy. Today, we invite you to take the first step in writing your own success story. We invite you to tear down the barriers of conformity and to step out of the shadows of normalcy and into the realization of the life you deserve. And I think even now, this message more than ever is meant for anyone who's looking for a future, because I think the future seems really dark. But I also think with this message that anyone can be successful. So here is Earl Nightingale's words. Some years ago, the late Nobel Prize winner Dr. Albert Schweitzer was being interviewed in London, and a reporter asked him, Doctor, what's wrong with men today? The great doctor was silent a moment, and then he said, Men simply don't think. 
It's about this that I want to talk to you. We live today in a golden age. This is an era that humanity has looked forward to, dreamed of, and worked toward for thousands of years. But since it's in, since it's here, we pretty well take it for granted. We live in America, a particularly fortunate to live in the richest land that ever existed on the face of the earth, a land of abundant opportunity for everyone. Until I mess that up. It's fine though. <laughs> However, if you take 100 individuals who start even at the age of 25, do you have any idea what will happen to those men and women by the time they're 65? These 100 people who all start even at the age of 25 to believe they're going to be successful. If you asked any of one of these people if they wanted to be a success, they would tell you they did, and you'd notice that they were eager towards life, that there was a certain sparkle in their eye, an erectness to their carriage, and life seemed like a pretty interesting adventure to them. <clears throat> but by the time they're 65, one will be rich, four will be financially independent, five will still be working, and 54 will be broke. So of 100, only five make the grade. Why do so many fail? What has happened to the sparkle that was there when they were 25? What has become of the dreams, the hopes, the plans, and why is there such a large disparity between what these people intended to do and what they actually accomplished? When we say about 5% achieve success, we have to define success. Here's the best definition I have ever been able to find. If someone is working toward a predetermined goal and knows where he or she is going, that person is a success. If they are not doing that, they are failures. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Rollo May, the distinguished psychiatrist, wrote a wonderful book called Man's Search for Himself. And in this book, he says, The opposite of courage in our society is not cowardice. It's conformity. And there you have the trouble today. Conformity. People acting like everyone else without knowing why or where they are going. In America right now, there are over 49 million people 65 years of age and older, and most of them are broke. They're dependent on someone else for life's necessities. We learn to read by the time we're seven. We learn to make a living by the time we're 25. Usually by that time, we're not only making a living, we're supporting a family. And yet by the time we're 65, we haven't learned how to become financially independent in the richest land that has ever been known. Why? We conform. The trouble is that we're acting like the wrong percentage group, the 95 who don't succeed. Why do these people conform? Well, they don't really know. These people believe that their lives are shaped by circumstances, by things that happen to them, by exterior forces. They're outer-directed people. 
A survey was made of working people and they were asked, why do you work? Why do you get up in the morning? 19 out of 20 had no idea. If you ask them, they would say, well, everybody goes to work in the morning and that's the reason they do it because everyone else is doing it. Now, let's get back to our definition of success. Who succeeds? The only person who succeeds is the person who is progressively realizing a worthy ideal. Here's the person, or he's the person who says, I'm going to become this, and then begins to work towards that goal. A success is the school teacher who is teaching school because that's what he or she wants to do. The woman who is a wife and mother because she wanted to become a wife and mother and is doing a good job of it. The entrepreneur who starts his company because that was his dream and that's what he wanted to do. And the salesperson who wants to become a top-notch salesperson and grow and build with his or, or her or organization. A success is anyone who is doing deliberately a predetermined job because that that is what he or she decided to do deliberately. But only one out of 20 does that. That's why today there isn't really any competition unless we make it for ourselves. Instead of competing, all we have to do is create. For 20 years, I looked for the key that would determine what would happen to a human being. Was there a key I wanted to know that would make the future a promise that we could foretell to a larger extent? Was there a key that would guarantee a person's becoming successful if he or she only knew about it and knew how to use it? Well, there is such a key, and I found it. Have you ever wondered why so many people work so hard and honestly without ever achieving anything in particular, and others don't seem to work hard yet seem to get everything? They seem to have the magic touch. You've heard people say, everything he touches turns to gold, and have you ever noticed that a person who becomes successful tends to continue to become more successful? And on the other hand, have you noticed how someone who's a failure tends to continue to fail? Well, it's because of goals. People with goals succeed because they know where they're going. It's that simple. Think of a ship leaving a harbor and think of it with the complete voyage mapped out and planned. The captain and crew know exactly where the ship is going and how long it will take. It has a definitive goal. And 9,999 times out of 10,000, it will get there. Now let's take another ship, just like the first, only let's not put a crew on it or a captain at the helm. Let's give it no aiming point, no goal, and no destination. We just start the engines and let it go. I think you'll agree that if it gets out of the harbor at all, it will either sink or wind up on some deserted beach, a derelict. It can't go any place because it has no destination and no guidance. It's the same with a human being. Take the salesperson, for example. There is no other person in the world today with the future of a good salesperson. 
Selling is the world's highest paid profession. If we're good at it and we know where we're going. If we're good at it, we know where we're going. (laughs) Every company needs top-notch salespeople and they reward these people. The sky is the limit for them. But how many can you find? Someone once said that the human race is fixed, not to prevent the strong from winning, but to prevent the weak from losing. The American economy today can be likened to a convoy in time of war. The entire economy is slowed down to protect its weakest link, just as the convoy has to go at the speed that will permit its slowest vessel to remain in formation. That's why it's so easy to make a living today. It takes no particular brains or talent to make a living and support a family. So we have a plateau of so-called security, if that's what a person is looking for. We have to decide how high above this plateau we want to aim. Now let's get back to the strangest secret, the story that I wanted to tell you today. And I'd like to begin by asking you an extremely important question. Why do people with goals succeed in life and people without them fail? Well, let me tell you something that, if you really understand it, will alter your life immediately. If you understand completely what I'm going to tell you, from this moment on, your life will never be the same again. You'll suddenly find that good luck just seems to attract to you. The things you want just seem to fall in line. And from now on, you won't have the problems, the worries, the gnawing lump of anxiety that perhaps you've experienced before. Doubt, fear, well, they'll all be things of the past. We become what we think about. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me repeat that. We become what we think about. Throughout all history, the great wise men and teachers, philosophers and prophets have disagreed with one another on many different things. It is only on this point that they are in complete and unanimous agreement. Consider what Marcus Aurelius, the great Roman emperor, said. A man's life is what his thoughts make of it. Benjamin Disraeli said this, Everything comes if a man will only wait. I have brought myself by long meditation to the conviction that a human being with a settled purpose must accomplish it, and that nothing can resist a will that will stake even existence for its fulfillment. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, A man is what he thinks about all day long. William James said, The greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. And he also said, We need only in cold blood act as if the thing in question were real, and it will become infallibly real by growing into such a connection with our life that it will become real. It will become so knit with habit and emotion that our interest in it will be those which characterize belief. He also said, If you only care enough for a result, you will almost certainly attain it. 
If you wish to be rich, you will be rich. If you wish to be learned, you will be learned. If you wish to be good, you will be good. Only you must then really wish these things and wish them exclusively and not wish at the same time a hundred other incompatible things just as strongly. So that's the end of the first chapter. And, you know, when I first listened to this, it reminded me a lot of modern spiritual psychology in many ways. But I really like the really black and white nature of this message. So I'll read you the next chapter because we're only at 20 minutes. In the Bible, you'll read in Mark 9.23, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. My old friend, Dr. Norman Vincent Pale, put it this way. This is one of the greatest laws in the universe. Fervently do as I wish, I had discovered it a very young man. It dawned upon me much later in life, and I have found it to be one of my greatest, if not my greatest, discovery outside of my relationship to God. The great law, briefly and simply stated, is that if you think in negative terms, you will get negative results. If you think in positive terms, you will achieve positive results. That is a simple fact, he went on to say, which is the basis of an astonishing law of prosperity and success. In three words, believe and succeed. William Shakespeare Shakespeare put it this way, Our doubts are traitors and make us lose the good we oft might win by fearing to attempt. George Bernard, Bernard Shaw said, People are always blaming their circumstances for what they are. I don't believe in circumstances. The people who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want. And if they can't find them, make them. Well, it's pretty apparent, isn't it? And for every person who discovered this, believed for a while that he was the first one to work it out. We became what we think about, or we become. Now, it stands to reason that a person who is thinking about a concrete and worthwhile goal is going to reach it, because that's what he's talking about, and what we become, what we think about. Conversely, the person who has no goal, who doesn't know where he's going, and whose thoughts must therefore be thoughts of confusion, anxiety, fear, and worry, His life becomes one of frustration, fear, anxiety, and worry. And if he thinks about nothing, he becomes nothing. How does it work? Why do we become what we think about? Well, I'll tell you how it works, as far as we know. To do this, I want to tell you about a situation that parallels the human mind. Suppose a farmer has some land, and it's good, fertile land. The land gives the farmer a choice. He may plant in that land whatever he chooses. The land doesn't care. It's up to the farmer to make the decision. 
We're comparing the human mind with the land because the mind, like the land, doesn't care what you plant in it. It will return what you plant, but it doesn't care what you plant. Now, let's say the farmer has two seeds in his hand. One is a seed of corn, the other is a nightshade, a deadly poison. He digs two little holes in the earth and he plants both seeds, one corn, the other nightshade. He covers up the holes, waters, and takes care of the land. And what will happen? Invariably, the land will return what was planted. And it's written in the Bible, As ye sow, so shall ye reap. Remember, the land doesn't care. It will, it will return poison in just as wonderful abundance as it will corn. So up come the two plants, one corn, one poison. The human mind is far more fertile, far more incredible and mysterious than the land, but it works the same way. It doesn't care what we plant, success or failure. A concrete, worthwhile goal or confusion misunderstanding, fear, anxiety, and so on. But what we plant, it must return to us. You see, the human mind is the last great unexplored continent on earth. It contains riches beyond our wildest dreams. It will return anything we want to plant. Now, you might say, if that's true, why don't people use their minds more? Well, I think they've figured out an answer to that one, too. Our mind comes as standard equipment at birth. It's free. And things that are given to us for nothing, we place little value on. Things that we pay money for, we value. The paradox is that exactly the reverse is true. Everything that's really worthwhile in life came to us for free. Our minds, our souls, our bodies. Our hopes, our dreams, our ambitions, our intelligence, our love of family and children and friends and country. All these priceless possessions are free. But the things that cost us money are actually very cheap and can be replaced at any time. A good man can be completely wiped out and make another fortune. He can do that several times. Even if our home burns down, we can rebuild it. But the things we got for nothing, we can never replace. The human mind isn't used because we take it for granted. Familiarity breeds contempt. It can do any kind of job we assign it, but generally speaking, we use it for little jobs instead of big ones. Universities have proven that most of us are operating on about 10% or less of our abilities. So decide now. What is it you want? Plant your goal in your mind. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your entire life. What is it you want? Do you want to be an outstanding salesperson, a better worker at your particular job? Do you want to go places in your company, in your community? Do you want to get rich? All you have got to do is plant that seed in your mind, care for it, work steadily towards your goal, and it will become a reality. It not only will, there's no way it cannot. You see, that's a law. Like the laws of Sir Isaac Newton, the laws of gravity. If you get on top of a building and jump off, you'll always go down, you'll never go up. 
And it's the same with all the other laws of nature. They always work. They're inflexible. Think about your goal in a relaxed, positive way. Picture yourself in your mind's eye as having already achieved this goal. See yourself doing the things you will be doing when you have reached your goal. You're in the driver's seat. Ours has been called the... Uh-oh, there's a word here, you guys. The the phenobarbital age. The age of ulcers, nervous breakdowns, and tranquilizers. At a time when medical research has raised us to a new plateau of good health and longevity, far too many of us worry ourselves into an early grave, trying to cope with things in our own little personal ways without ever learning a few great laws that will take care of everything for us. These things we bring on ourselves through our habitual way of thinking. Every one of us is the sum total of our own thoughts. We are where we are because that's exactly where we really want to be, whether we'll admit that or not. Each of us must live off the fruit of our thoughts in the future because what you think today and tomorrow, next month and next year will mold your life and determine your future. You're guided by your mind. I remember one time I was driving through eastern Arizona and I saw one of those giant earth-moving machines roaring across uh, along the road at about 35 miles an hour with what looked like 30 tons of dirt in it. A tremendous, incredible machine and there was a little man perched way up on top with the wheel in his hands guiding it. And as I drove along, I was struck by the similarity of that machine to the human mind. Just suppose you're sitting at the controls of such a vast source of energy. Are you going to sit back and fold your arms and let it run itself into a ditch? Or are you going to keep both hands firmly on the wheel and control and direct this power to a specific worthwhile purpose? It's up to you. You're in the driver's seat. You see, the very law that gives us success is a two-edged sword. We must control our thinking. The same rules that can lead people to lives of success, wealth, happiness, and all the things they ever dreamed of for themselves and their families, that very same law can lead them into the gutter. It's all in how they use it, for good or for bad. This is the strangest secret. Now, why do I say it's strange and why do I call it a secret? Actually, it isn't a secret at all. It was first revealed by some of the earliest wise men and it appears again and again throughout the Bible. But very few people have learned it or understand it. That's why it's strange and why for some equally strange reason it virtually remains a secret. I believe that you could go out and walk down the main street of your town and ask one person after another what the secret of success is, and you probably wouldn't run into one person in a month who could tell you. Now, this information is enormously valuable to us if we really understand it and apply it. It's valuable to us not only for our own lives, but the lives of those around us, our families, employees, associates, and friends. Life should be an exciting adventure, 
It should never be a bore. You should live fully. Be alive. You should be glad to get out of bed in the morning. You should be doing a job you like to do and because you do it well. One time I heard Grove Patterson, the great late editor-in-chief at the Toledo Daily Blade, make a speech. And as he concluded his speech, he said something I've never forgotten. He said, My years in the newspaper business have convinced me of several things, among them that people are basically good and that we came from someplace and we're going someplace, so we should make our time here an exciting adventure. The architect of the universe didn't build a stairway leading nowhere. And the greatest teacher of all, the carpenter from the plains of Galilee, gave us the secret time and time again, as ye believe, so shall it be done unto you. I've explained what I call the strangest secret and how it works. Now I want to explain how you can prove to yourself the enormous returns possible in your own life by putting the secret into a practical test. I want to make a test that will last 30 days. It isn't going to be easy, but if you will give it a good try, it will completely change your life for the better. Back in the 17th century, Sir Isaac Newton, the English mathematician and philosopher, gave us the natural laws of physics that apply as much to human beings as they do to the movement of bodies in the universe. And one of these laws is that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Simply stated, as it applies to you and me, it means we can achieve nothing without paying the price. The results of your 30-day experiment will be in direct proportion to the effort you put forth. The price of success. To be a doctor, you must pay the price for long years of difficult study. To be successful in selling, and remember that each of us succeeds to the extent of his ability to sell, selling our families on our ideas, selling education in schools, selling our children on the advantages of living the good and honest life, selling our associates and employees on the importance of being exceptional people, also, of course, the profession of selling itself. To be successful selling our way to the good life, we must be willing to pay the price. Now, what is that price? Well, it is many things. First, it is understanding emotionally as well as intellectually that we literally become what we think about, that we must control our thoughts if we're to control our lives. It's understanding fully that as we sow, so shall we reap. Second, It's cutting away all fetters from the mind and permitting it to soar as it was divinely designed to do. It's the realization that your limitations are self-imposed and that the opportunities for you today are enormous beyond belief. It's rising above narrow-minded pettiness and prejudice. Third, It's using all your courage to force yourself to think positively on your own problems, to set a definite and clearly defined goal for yourself, to let your marvelous mind think about your goal 
from all possible angles, to let your imagination speculate freely upon many different possible solutions, to refuse to believe that there are many circumstances sufficiently strong enough to defeat you in the accomplishment of your own purpose, to act promptly and decisively when your course is clear, and to keep constantly aware of the fact that you are, at this moment, standing in the middle of your own acre of diamonds, as Russell Conwell used to point out. And fourth, save at least 10% of every dollar you earn. It's also remembering that, no matter what your present job, it has, an, it has enormous possibilities if you're willing to pay the price by keeping these four points in mind. One, you will become what you think about. Two, remember the word imagination and let your mind begin to soar. Three, courageously concentrate on your goal every day. And four, save 10% of what you earn. Finally, take action. Ideas are worthless unless we act on them. Now, I'll try to outline the 30-day test I want you to take. Keep in mind that you have nothing to lose by taking this test and everything you could possibly want to gain. There are two things that may be said for everyone. Each of us wants something, and each of us is afraid of something. I want you to write on a card what it is you want more than anything else. It may be more money, perhaps you'd like to double your income or make a specific amount of money. It may be a beautiful home, it may be success at your job, it may be a particular position in life, it could be a more harmonious family. Abundance is yours for the asking. Each of us wants something. Write down on your card specifically what it is you want. Make sure it's a single goal and clearly defined. You needn't show it to anyone but carry it with you so that you can look at it several times a day. Think about it in a cheerful, relaxed, positive way each morning when you get up and immediately you have something to work for, something to get out of bed for, something to live for. Look at it every chance you get during the day and just before going to bed at night. And as you look at it, remember that you must become what you think about. And since you're thinking about your goal, you realize that soon it will be yours. In fact, it's really yours the moment you write it down and begin to think about it. Look at the abundance all around you as you go about your daily business. You have as much right to this abundance as any other living creature. It's yours for the asking. Now, we come to the difficult part. The dif it's difficult because it means the formation of what is probably a brand new habit. And new habits are not easily formed. Once formed, however, it will follow you for the rest of your life. Stop thinking about what it is you fear. Each time a fearful or negative thought comes into your consciousness, replace it with a mental picture of your positive and worthwhile goal. And there will come a time when you'll feel like giving up. It's easier for a human being to think negatively than positively. That's why only 5% are successful. You must begin now to place yourself in that group. For 30 days, you must take control of your mind. It will 
only think about what you permit it to think about. All you have to do is know where you're going. Each day for this 30-day test, do more than you have to do. In addition to maintaining a cheerful, positive outlook, give yourself more than you have ever done before. Do this knowing that your returns in life must be in direct proportion to what you give. The moment you decide on a goal to work toward, you're immediately a successful person. You are then in that rare and successful category of people who know where they're going. Out of every 100 people, you belong in the top 5. Don't concern yourself too much with how you are going to achieve your goal. Leave that completely to a power greater than yourself. All you have to do is know where you're going. The answers will come to you of their own accord and at the right time. Remember these words from the Sermon on the Mount and remember them well. Keep them constantly before you during this month of your test. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. It's a marvelous it's as marvelous and as simple as that. In fact, it's so simple that in our seemingly complicated world it's difficult for an adult to understand that all he or she needs is a purpose and faith. For thirty days do your very best. No matter what your job, do it as you've never done it before for 30 days. And if you've kept your goal before you every day, you'll wander and marvel at this new life you've found. Dorothea Brand, the outstanding editor and writer, discovered it for herself and tells about it in her fine book, Wake Up and Live. Her entire philosophy is reduced to the words, act as though it were impossible to fail. She made her own test with sincerity and faith and her entire life was changed to one overwhelming success. Now, you make your test for 30 full days. Don't start your test until you've made up your mind to stick to it. You see, by being persistent, you're demonstrating faith. Persistence is simply another word for faith. If you don't have faith, you would never persist. If you should fail during your first 30 days, by that I mean suddenly find yourself overwhelmed by negative thoughts, you've got to start over again from that point and go 30 more days. Gradually, your new habit will form until you find yourself one of that wonderful minority to whom virtually nothing is impossible. And don't forget the card. It's virtually impossible. Uh, vitally important as you begin this new way of living. On one side of the card, write your goal, whatever it may be. On the other side, write these words. You become what you think about. In your spare time during your test period, read books that will help you. Inspirational books like Dorothea Brand's Wake Up and Live, if you can still find a copy, The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol, and The Bible. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and any other books that instruct and inspire. Nothing great was ever accomplished without inspiration. See that during these crucial first 30 days, your own inspiration is kept at a peak.
Above all, don't worry. Worry brings fear, and fear is crippling. The only thing that can cause you to worry during your test is trying to do it all by yourself. Know that all you have to do is hold your goal before you. Everything else will take care of itself. Remember also to keep calm and cheerful. Don't let petty things annoy you and get you off course. So it's funny because I'm participating in a 30-day challenge for body movement. And it was sort of aligned with this um, book in particular. And... I haven't been doing this particular 30-day challenge, but now that I've read it out loud to you, I'll probably start in a few days. I've been, I think we're on day 13 now of our body movement thing. And so, yeah, I've been doing the stairs every day or definitely increasing my physical activity um, along with that, which has been really good because part of my process was to um, definitely embody a stronger and healthier lifestyle, I suppose. And because I feel like I had some habits that weren't necessarily in line with some of the things that I was doing. And I think part of my own success is to embody health. And I haven't always done that. I've been working a lot on my spiritual and mental health and now it seems like the final frontier is is the body so that's what I'm working on currently as well as dreaming up a amazing future um, that supports arts and creativity and it's funny because I have been you know practicing a lot of these principles and I have a lot of goals really wild ones too. I've sat in meditation and really thought about what my ideal life would be and I've traced it all back to what I would need to make that happen. And one of those things is space. And I lost the space that I had just over a year ago now that was allowing me to you know create and I'm in an in a space now where I get do get to create but it's um doesn't fully embody all my passions and I'm very passionate about music and arts and creativity and I've just met someone last week in a really serendipitous way who's looking for a similar thing and has the means to uh, purchase a space. So, you know, I think this message is a really important message for people to, to know. And I know that I'm really, really trying to embodied this as well and I've seen some really amazing results in the process. I've already been given so many opportunities in my own life, even just recently over the weekend going to Reser Ranch and, you know, seeing other people who embody 
the same principles as I do and who are willing to collaborate um, on on projects with us. And I have a, a really amazing group of friends that are really self-motivated and, you know, also growing in their own lives. And we have a vision for the future that's really incredible and that's really looking to enrich our community. So anyone that's listening, I just want to encourage you and anyone ever to ever listen to this and anyone in the world, anyone I talk to, I want everyone to recognize what their dreams are and have the courage to actualize them and work towards them. Because if you're not, then you're going to be sad and miserable. So that's the message for today. Thank you for listening. I hope everyone has a lovely evening.